If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with you. When it comes to uh, organ transplants and and the need for organ donors, the the need is very real. And there are a lot of people desperately awaiting an organ for transplant and many people who die waiting for a transplant, Uh, which could have included 57-year-old David Bennett, who was uh, desperate for a new heart and would have died without one. He received a new heart, but it's uh, an unprecedented situation. Because the heart that David Bennett received at the University of Maryland Medical Center in Baltimore was a genetically engineered heart from a pig. Now, the idea that we could harvest organs from animals for us is a question that's been explored for years. Back in the mid-80s, there was an attempt to transplant a baboon heart into a young child. Problem is, animals aren't humans. Our immune system recognizes those organs not as as potential lifesavers, but something to be rejected, something to be fought. So what happened here with this pig and other pigs that this company is raising is that some of the genes in the pig heart that cause us to reject it were removed. Some human genes were inserted. A gene was deleted as well that causes the heart to grow. Big hearts can grow too large for humans. Now, there's still a need for some anti-rejection drugs here, and it's not exactly clear how this is all going to play out. This is all still very experimental, but it does raise a lot of questions as much as it is a real scientific and medical milestone. Uh, Joining us for some thoughts on what this all represents, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, prominent bioethicist Arthur Kaplan uh, joining us, who is uh, with the uh, NYU Grossman School of Medicine, professor of medical ethics. Dr. Kaplan, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks so much for having me. You know, obviously, you know, xenotransplantation, it's been a hot topic for for decades now, and and obviously you're well-versed in in all of these debates and developments. So how significant is this, first of all? Well, it's significant. I think the future is trying to genetically engineer animals so that their organs are less likely to be rejected by human recipients. We just don't seem to be able to get enough human uh, kidneys and hearts when people die. Mm -hmm. I hope everybody signs their donor card. I've signed mine, and I think it's an important thing to do, but just isn't keeping up with demand. And, you know, as you get an aging population, more people need transplants. And uh, probably animal-engineered organs is one strategy to fill that gap that makes some sense. So I do think it has a future, and this was a start down that path. Well, and there's certainly promise in this area. I guess the question of how we get there does raise some, some bioethical questions, perhaps. What, what are some of the questions still that, that stand out in your mind around this? Yeah, debate? there's a bunch of them. So you, we've never really tried this genetically engineered pig heart on a human. I proposed a couple of uh, maybe nine, ten months ago that we try it on someone who is newly dead, 
but being maintained on machines just to see if the heart would work for a while. We've done that at NYU. You know, we've done some experiments with pig kidneys, too. And we're slowly testing them on newly dead people who consent and their families consent to let us, if you will, run the organ while the person's on machines. They're dead. But uh, just to see what happens to it. We don't have those baby steps in place for this thing. This guy was deemed ineligible for a human transplant. Too sick, dying. He was on oxygen support, really very ill. So... I don't expect him to survive this transplant. If he wasn't really a good candidate for a human heart, even though we are putting the pig heart into him, I think it's a little bit more like an experiment from which we will learn. It's not, I, I don't think it's going to succeed, and I hope he understands that. Some of the things he said in the media about consent make me nervous. Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, you know, this guy's probably looking at it maybe from a sense of desperation, knows he's going to die, but yep. is it possible to give informed consent under those sorts of circumstances? I'm going to answer, I don't think so. We should try to get it, but, you know, he's coerced. He's facing death. Most people are going to jump at anything. But again, sure. just think about this. Too sick to try a standard human heart transplant. What then would the odds be of surviving with a pig heart not great. If you couldn't make it with the thing we understand, now we're putting in something that we don't understand as well, hoping that it might not be rejected, but the odds are even longer. So it's very important that you get permission to do this from government agencies, from your local research ethics committee, as it's called. Other eyeballs have to be on it besides the surgeon who wants to do it and the patient who says, in my case, I'm going to die. Look, I hate to say it, but there are persons like David Bennett who are dying literally every day. Why him, why now becomes the issue. It's not so much that it doesn't make sense from his point of view, but if you're going to have the maximum chance of success, you know, is this the time to do it? I'm a little apprehensive that it isn't. What about from the company's perspective? Your Reviva Core is is the company. I mean, if, if Mr. Bennett, you know, passes away in the coming weeks, yeah. it's it's going to make all of this look like a failure. I worry about that a lot, too. So they're the company that's been genetically engineering the pigs. They basically tweak some genes in the pig heart, shut down a couple of them so that the immunity of that organ is less, and then you can try to transplant it. By the way, there's some new drugs for immunosuppression being tried in this thing, too, so it's kind of a double experiment. If it goes south, if this guy doesn't live, wake up, talk, you know, for at least a few weeks, I think it's going to cast a pall over some of the animal research uh, that ought to be done because, as I said, and, you know, we were saying, I think it does have a future. But if you go premature and you cause terrible suffering and basically don't extend life for any real period of time, it's not going to look like a success. I've seen headlines already that say first successful pig heart transplant. You may have seen those. It isn't a success if this guy dies never wakes up and dies in three weeks. What about the issue of, of using animals for this purpose? Uh, you know, there are animal rights groups that, that reject the notion that, that animals are, are there for us to harvest for this purpose. Mm -hmm. Mind you, uh, you know, we kill untold millions of pigs every single year for our dietary needs. Yeah, probably I don't know that this, right? <laughs> probably well, sure, probably, you're right. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, are, are those factors to be considered at any level here? Yeah, they are. I mean, I think we should think about what we're doing here, but do it, you know, kind of with uh, 
reality. If you really mm. care about pig welfare, the place to argue is diet, breakfast, the dinner table. Right, exactly. That's where you're going to have a maximum impact. These pigs are very well treated. They're not going to suffer as part of the uh, donation. You can't. You don't want them sick or stressed in any way if you're going to take out their organ for transplant. So there's not a lot of suffering, quote-unquote, involved. Killing them to save human lives, I think you can defend that. I would defend mm -hmm. that. But mm -hmm. we do have to think it through. And there may well be people out there who say, you know what, I'm not going to accept an organ from an animal. It just violates my sense of you know respect for animals, if you will. In terms of regulating all of this going forward, now obviously the FDA played a role in, in approving some of what Revivacor is doing, but as you said, in wanting to be careful about how we do this going forward, is there going to be a need for regulators in, in the U.S. and other countries to maybe be more hands-on or be more involved in all of this? I, I think so. Look, if this thing goes forward, let's say this gentleman survives, I'm making this up, three months and mm -hmm. things are looking good, they're going to get requests for more surgeries. Should yeah. we do another one until we see if this guy makes it to six months? Should we let other centers do it uh, who haven't had the same first try experience? Um, there'll be pressure to replicate it and move forward quickly, and we've got to think hard about who and why and when that would happen. The other issue is, um, you know, are we really set up to make sure that uh, we're going to get all the data we need. We're going to learn why it worked or it didn't work. I'm a little nervous when you do it as an emergency. You're not really set up to collect information about what were the changes in the person's body. Look, I'll be frank. I wouldn't do this to anybody who wouldn't agree to an autopsy because I think you've got to learn. Well, and the other, I mean, there, there are no clinical trials here. Is it possible right. to do clinical trials with something like this? Well, what you do is you translate this guy and compare what happened to him with somebody in his age group and probably with similar bad diseases, see who did better. You know, you wouldn't just set it okay. up as a usual surgical experiment versus placebo. You'd be comparing against people like him who got the human heart and seeing how you did. Yeah. Well, certainly a very interesting development. Raises a lot of questions for sure. Yeah, we appreciate your perspective we'll be, and insight here. We'll, we'll be debating this one for a while. We will. It'll be interesting to see where it all goes from here. Dr. Uh, Kaplan, thanks so much for joining us here hey, today. We really do appreciate you. it. All the best. Uh, there you go. That's uh, Dr. Arthur Kaplan, professor of medical ethics at New York University, NYU Grossman School of Medicine. And so, yeah, I mean, look, a lot of this goes back to the 80s and the idea of transplanting uh, animal organs into humans. Mentioned the baboon hearts that was transplanted. I think it was a premature baby in 84. There have been uh, other pig hearts uh, that were transplanted as well. And it was largely abandoned for a while because it was problematic. The body was rejecting these organs. There's also the concern about, you know, viruses that lurk in animals and what happens when humans are exposed to those. We've kind of learned about that the hard way over the last couple of years. But would you accept this? You know, if, if you were waiting for an organ and you knew that you didn't have much longer to hold out for, would you accept this? Now, again, I, I think, you know, Dr. Kaplan's right. As much as groups like PETA are going to cry foul, the idea that a pig would die so a human can live, that, that seems like a no-brainer. That side of it. You know, the genetic modification, maybe people have some, some issue with that, but it's being done to ensure, at least as best they can, 
uh, that a body would accept this organ. So that's what all the genetic tinkering was doing, uh, to remove those aspects that caused the body to reject it, to include some human genetics into the, the, the situation here, to make it more likely that it will be accepted. So the next step is, I guess, to see what happens with uh, Mr. Bennett here and where this company goes from here. I think they have right now uh, 10 pigs, I believe, so far that are part of this program. And so there will be others at some point soon here. Your thoughts on that? Again, 780-496-0063 in Edmonton, 403-974-8255 in Calgary. My name is Rob Breckenridge. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.